today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Talking about the impacts of COVID, uh, the impact that it's having on boards of education, uh, almost a 1,000 students from the Thames Valley District School Board are going to be switching to full remote learning, but there may not be room for more of those accommodations. Uh, to that end, we're pleased to welcome back to the program Mark Fisher, Education Director for the Thames Valley District School Board. Mark, thanks so much for the time. Good to talk to you again today. Yeah, my pleasure, Bill. Happy to be on. Mark, a couple of days ago, we had uh, your Hamilton counterpart, Manny Figueroa, on about the Hamilton board and and how this uh, virtual learning versus bricks and mortar is working out. And uh, their numbers were way off of what they projected to what's actually happening. They've actually had to, I hate to use the term layoff, but I mean, some teachers have been reassigned now back into, uh, you know, fill-in as opposed to jobs that they thought they were going to have, which is problematic. And it's also problematic for the impact it's having on students. Uh, What are you finding with the, it's been a few months now, what's happening with the Thames Valley Board about about this institution now and the pandemic plan that the province has put in place? I think there's a couple of things I'd like to comment on. The first is that we're really pleased with all the health and safety protocols that we're putting in place for the 85% of our students that are attending in the bricks and mortar schools. So that is working really, really well. It is a little bit more of a challenge to deliver the full remote learning model, particularly with this flow of students mid-year, mid-stream. So As you mentioned earlier, we have almost a 1,000 students that we're attempting to accommodate, uh, which causes some disruption to the system and uh, kind of works against stability and relationships and a lot of those things. So we're doing our best to accommodate those parental requests, but moving forward, that's going to be really, really challenging. Are you still in your comfort level, though, about the projections of how you thought, you know, so many students were going to be doing remote learning as opposed to bricks and mortar? I think... Initially, all the contemplations were around 10%. We are now up to 15%, uh, which is higher than anticipated. And what happens, uh, Bill, is that anytime there's a little bit of a spike in the broader society, then we have this uh, increased request or demand for Mm -hmm. the full remote learning experience. But I I do want to emphasize that although that is the preferred option for some children, it's really difficult uh, to compete with that that face-to-face learning with and from your peers in schools, which I think is really the preferred model. Absolutely. What kind of pressure does that put on you and and as opposed to allocating resources, though, Mark, when you start seeing a shift like that? Well, basically, we're funded to run one model, and now we're uh, really running two models. And normally, in a typical school year, we would do all of our reorganization by the end of September. So students develop relationships with teachers and vice versa, and sometimes we have to make some slight shifts. But now we're into November, and you're making that change and having to collapse classrooms and reorganize. It's not an ideal situation, and it's really difficult uh, because we know how important that caring adult relationship is for students. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. I guess it's it's become one of the uh, undercurrents of what's going on with COVID. Uh, for one reason or another, I guess it's human nature, uh, we get very uncomfortable with change. And, and I guess that's even more so with some students. So this has got to be a challenge for them as well as, as you have to alternate and change resources and redeploy resources. Uh, it could mean some changes for that student-teacher relationship. And, uh, and, and that, can, that can cause some problems, can't it? It can cause problems. I mean, our students are remarkably resilient. They're doing well. But their whole context and and world experience has shifted dramatically since last March. And so what we're seeing is uh, a comfort zone, getting used to school, feeling safe at school. And I want all our listeners to know that our protocols in schools are working. Our schools are very safe. 
And then when you make those shifts, and we're shifting a thousand students, that just becomes it's a bit of a destabilizing factor, which you know does not always support optimal uh, well-being for our kids and for our staff, frankly. I know when this program was rolled out, and, and you and I have talked about this in the past, that you know it was unfortunately a little late in the summer when the, the province decided to come up with this initiative, and it took people a long time to actually understand what it was and then what accommodations were going to be within the program itself. Uh, and there was some flexibility about, as you mentioned, going back and forth. But is there a, a watermark that you reach where you just have to say to the parents, you can't keep doing this, you, you have to pick one or the other for the remainder of the year? Yeah, we're pretty close to that watermark. I mean, there's a lot of financial pressure that's on us, uh, a lot of pressure around staffing and movement. So we had a public commitment to our students in elementary schools that we would give them this window of opportunity to make that request. And we are honoring that request, even though it is very, very challenging logistically and operationally. We have made uh, a commitment to our high school students that at the end of the conventional first term or the second quadmester, we will explore and examine the, that ability to potentially shift. But beyond those two public commitments, uh, we will only deal with any potential shifts on an individual case-by-case -case basis where there are uh, mitigating circumstances, uh, which could happen to students and families, but there will not be any of this large-scale shifting between models. I got about a minute left, Mark. I got to ask you this. Uh, I, I have great respect for teachers. Teaching is a vocation; it's not just a job. Uh, and I have great respect for the, the the way that they're doing this and handling this. Uh, but it's not as if somebody can go from the front of a classroom and just say, "Okay, yeah, you're going to do the virtual learning now. Sit down in front of this computer, and off you go." Uh, there's some transition that has to go on. Are they handling that? Are they are they okay with that? You know, I've been really, really proud of the teachers in Thames Valley District School Board. For many, we're asking them to uh, work in a way that they have never done previously and to do that with all of these extraneous factors happening. So they've been remarkably adaptable to these changes. But I do recognize, and what we're seeing with some of our initial data is that uh, the full-day, full-remote learning uh, presents challenges in terms of building those relationships. It's one thing to have a pre-existing relationship with an adult and then shift into a remote learning, but when you don't have that pre-existing relationship, it's difficult to develop those connections remotely. And some of our teachers are doing remarkably well, but it is more challenging. So uh, we're learning a lot of lessons, Bill, about what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and if we have to be in this for an extended period of time, for instance, into next year, we have lots of ideas about how we can improve improve things. Well, we'll talk about those, and uh, as you get to those bridges, we'll talk about how you're going to cross them. Uh, always a pleasure, Mark. Thanks so much for the time today. Yeah, my, hap my, my pleasure. Happy to uh, join you anytime, Bill. Take care. Mark Fisher, of course, Executive, Executive Director and Education Director of the Thames Valley District School Board. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.